Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. I'm your host, the Reverend Raymond Baker. I look forward to sharing this word with you and your family. I hope it brings you encouragement and that you enjoy each lesson. God's word. I believe God's word. I live by God's word. Holy Spirit, teach me your word. Father, I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's open up our Bible, saints, to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Hallelujah. It's a, it's a rich word. The word of God says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. You might be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're going to continue on. This is part two of a teaching we started on Friday on the way of self-knowledge. Amen. The way of self-knowledge. In order for us to really adequately serve God, we have to have some knowledge of ourselves. And God has a way of showing us what that knowledge ought to be about and what it ought to be based on. It's not about what's in us. Amen. Introspective thinking, in other words, looking into yourself for the answers, is not what God has for us. Amen. Introspection is not the process. Now, maybe some people who are in the sciences and psychology and psychiatry and things like that, they may suggest that to you. But we're going to learn here today what God expects us to do. Now, there, there is some looking inwardly, but it's not to look at ourselves. Now, let's look again here at these opening scriptures. Amen. And Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forget those things which are behind. So that means that there shouldn't be any introspection. If you're going to forget what's behind, you've got to let it go. You can't look back at it. And he went on to say that he was reaching forth unto those things which are before. Now Paul knows who Jesus the Christ is. He knows him personally. He has an intimate relationship with him and he doesn't have to look back on what he had previously been. He didn't have to look back at his old religious ways. He had to look forward. He had to forget about those things that were behind and reach forth unto those things which are before. That's Christ. Amen? And he said he pressed 
towards that mark. See, he put effort into it, diligent effort. He said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, it's found in Christ Jesus. In other words, it's in the word. When we press towards the mark, we're pressing towards the word. We're pressing towards the things that the word speaks, the things that the words direct us to do. We don't look at ourselves introspectively and try to inspect ourselves and determine from our own ways and our own actions and our own thoughts where we ought to go. Paul said you got to look at those things that are behind. You got to press towards the mark. See, so there's something in front of us, believers, which is the word of God, which we have to press towards. Amen? Now he said, <clears throat> press towards it because there's a prize associated with it. Amen? There is a prize. And that's what we're all seeking right now. We're seeking the prize. All right, now as we're starting out, let's lay a little more foundation. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Hebrews 12 and 2. See, we're to always be focused in on the Lord in everything that we do, saints. All right. Now, there's some things that, 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 you, that you may not get. I'm going to try to add some of those things as we go along from, from Friday so that it can refresh and bring some to the memory of what we're talking about here. But let's look at this Hebrews 12 too. The word says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. He is the one who has written everything about us. He's the author of our faith. In other words, everything that's written in the word concerning him, he's the author of it because he is the word. So he's the author of it. He's the finisher of it because as he died on that cross, when he was pierced in his side, he said, it is finished. Amen. There was nothing more to come because it had all been completed. Everything was now in the word and the word was going to be made available to us through the Holy Spirit. Amen. He said, look unto Jesus. So when the way to self-knowledge is to look unto Jesus, it's not to look at yourself. It's to look to Jesus. It's to not look at your old circumstances, it's to look at Jesus. And that's the problem with too many Christians. They have a lot of baggage that they bring with them or have brought with them over the years. And from time to time, we get in one of those emotional moods and we start to feel things concerning things in the past. Now Paul has already directed us to forget about those things that are behind. There's nothing you can do about it. There is nothing that I can do about past circumstances. I got to press on, don't I? You've got to press on. You've got to press towards the mark for the prize. See, there's a prize to be obtained. Now, I don't stop you from obtaining yours, neither do you stop me from obtaining mine. See, I've got to press. My wife can't stop me. 
because I'm going to press. If she decides she doesn't want to press anymore, guess what? That's her problem. But see, I have to press towards the mark. Now, I have to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, of our faith, as he says. And here it is. It's written here. This is our faith. Everything that God has said and everything that God has done, this is our faith right here. It's in your hands. Amen? He said, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the persecution that took him to the cross. Amen? Don't you know that you're going to have a life just like his? Because <laughs> the word says, as he is, so are we in this world. People don't want to suffer, but under, you have to understand and have the revelation of his word. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. See where he ended up? He obtained the prize. Had he decided, well, Father, I don't want to do this, he couldn't have. It was not in his nature to. He didn't have the ability to. He was divine in nature. He had to fulfill. Remember, he always talked about, I only do the will of him that sent me. See, when we start living as Christians, truly, I'm not talking about imitators. I'm not putting on show. I'm talking about actually living as a Christian. See, you've got to go through some experiences that's going to tell you that you are a Christian. You are to have Christian experience. You are to have a Christ-like experience in your life as you press towards the mark. Now the word just said he endured affliction, despising hmm, the shame. And, but now he ended up someplace. He got the prize. He's seated right now <laughs> at the right hand of the throne of God. That's us. See, but we don't really know all the time whether we're there or not because we don't have faith. See, if you don't have the faith to believe that right now, I'm not talking about by and by, right now you are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus because of what he just said right there. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And he, when he died, you died. You were in him. We are in him. In him we live and move and have our being. Amen? Now we're talking about to get to this self-knowledge. Now remember, one of the main essential things that we have to understand about self-knowledge as it relates to God is as far as God is concerned, we're undependable and we're useless. Okay? Just keep those two terms. Undependable and useless. That's what we talked about on Friday. Amen? It's not that you necessarily want to be, but it's the nature of the flesh. He already told us that there's no good thing in the flesh. You cannot make the flesh better. Amen? That's why when you go through and you study that book of Romans, you study chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8, study it. 
He tells you, you have to die. You have to be buried in baptism, okay? Then you're raised in what? You're raised in glory. That's what allows you to be seated in the right hand of the Father. Flesh can't sit next to the Father. <laughs> All right? So the way to this victory that we're talking about, this way to self-knowledge, is not by analyzing ourselves incessantly, because that's what some people do. But we're to look unto Jesus for every answer. We're not to look at ourselves. There's some people that look at themselves, they want to figure out, what did I do wrong? How did I do it wrong? You may as well forget that. All right? That's what we're talking about here today. See, we're not to recall the evil that we've done. Amen? Not our evil thoughts that go on in our minds, but we're to remember the good thoughts. Jesus said, think on these things, things that are above, not on things of the earth. See, he, he, he tells you how to direct your thoughts. But if you direct your thoughts according to how you feel, see, you can emotionally be going through a whole lot of things. Oh, you can be upset with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your boss, with the world in general. And when you try to look at all of that and make sense of it, you never can. See, that's introspection. It's just like trying to figure out what's going on in this world. I don't look to the world. I look at it to verify what it's doing, but then I go back to the word and the word tells me, yes, that's what's wrong. It's a spiritual problem that's wrong with them. It, they're corrupt. There's greed. There's hatred. See, all of these things are revealed by the word of God. Now, the natural man won't see those things. But see, when I open up the Bible, I see them. They tell me a story. When I open up, I can open up those, 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 those uh, uh, middle uh, uh, prophets, those small prophets that people don't spend a whole lot of time reading and studying. And when you begin to study them, you see it. You'll see the condition that Israel was in, and you know it's the same as the condition that we're in today. People cheating, lying, stealing, doing everything that they want to do. All right? Because one of the major problems that we have in introspective, when you look in, into yourself to try to get an answer. See, and I know I, 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 I'm going give to you, give you what the word says, see, because I know I got a professional here who knows, knows it differently. But I'm going to give it to you the way God shows you. When you look at yourself introspectively, all right, and you recall things that are evil, and you don't remember the things that are good, which you have received from Christ, it corrupts you. We don't understand it, because now as we talked the other night, understand, many of the things, the deficiencies, the weaknesses that we have within self, we don't see. We do not easily see them. Matter of fact, we can't see some of them. There's certain people who have certain ways and attitudes and temperaments and things like that. They can't see it. Now, you can easily see it. And you ask yourself, why? What is their problem? Well, guess what? 
They can't see it. They really can't. They honestly believe that they're okay. That you're the one that has the issue. But let me get on now. See, the moment we recall ourselves, okay, when we look introspectively, guess what, guess what happens? We cease to move ahead. Paul said, look at those, don't look at those things that are behind, look at the things that are before. He's, he's telling us to look at him. He's the one who's going to move us ahead. The moment you take your eyes off of him and put them on yourself, you cease to move ahead. I'll tell you what happens to you. When you stop and you start looking at yourself, you have a pity party. You'll get mad. You'll get in conflict with somebody. That's what happens when you take your eyes off of Jesus. If my wife wants to argue with me, I, the moment she opens up her mouth with it, I know she's taking her eyes off of the Lord. Now, just a few minutes ago, she was speaking to me about the word of God. Okay? But now something has come up. See, this is, this, is a, this is a real subtle thing about how we turn and look in ourselves. We don't easily note it, but we do these things. See, and God is trying to show us how to leave that alone. Keep our eyes on Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith. See, the word doesn't tell us to look at ourselves, but to look at Jesus. Now, I did go over a couple of verses. I know that I'm sure that if some of you who study where the word says, examine yourself and see whether you be in the faith. And another one says, uh, examine yourself before you receive uh, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. But he's not talking about looking at yourself introspectively. That's not what he's talking about in those verses. Now, I went through that and I'm not going to be able to go through it today. But I will, I'm sure, at a future point. So when we, when we take ourselves and we get ourselves focused on Jesus in every situation, don't you know if you are angered, if you're swollen up, if you're mad about something, you're just infuriated. If you just take a little bit of time and get yourself focused on Jesus, forget about yourself, <laughs> and get focused on Jesus, guess what? It'll leave. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. Now, let's go over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 7. We just want to look at a couple of small examples here. of Our failures when we look at ourselves. See, because we have that problem. Everybody has it, including me. Amen? Everybody has it. Amen? Now, what I'm trying to show everybody... And I'm included in everybody. I didn't say everybody except me, did I? I said everybody. Okay, so that includes me. Amen. I don't, I don't, I don't like the church to think that I'm just talking about them all the time. Amen. Let's go down to verse 7 there in Galatians 5-7. Look what the word says. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Who hinders you? What's the source of the hindrance when you don't run well? That's right, it's self. You have started looking at yourself introspectively 
and you're going to try to work out your problem yourself instead of giving it to the Lord and letting him work it out because he said he would, you go and you try to work it out, now it hinders how you run. You did run well. Now something's hindering you. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Now look at verse 8. He said, this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. Jesus does not hinder you running well. It's, it's not of his persuasion. <laughs> See, it's of our persuasion. It's of our natural persuasion. When we look at ourselves, we hinder ourselves. Instead of looking at what Jesus has said about us and what he has already determined about us and who he is and where he's going and following him because he is our life, is he not? Amen. Galatians 2.20 tells you that. So now the life that you live by the faith of the Son of God, it doesn't, see, he doesn't hinder you. The source of your problems don't come from him. They come from self. Now, self-distractions always draw you away from Christ immediately. They do. Whether they're your feelings, they're your thoughts, or whatever it is. When people talk to me and they can have issues, they, they will say it's with other people. That's not where I, I already know from when, before you even part your lips good, I, I've already know by the word of God where the source of the problem is. Okay? Now, it's like this. As far as learning how to know the way of self-knowledge, it's similar to riding a bicycle. I'm going to try to use this analogy here. If you can remember, and I can remember my learning how to ride a bicycle. I can remember being a little boy on Norwood learning how to ride a bicycle. It sticks out vividly in my mind. Okay? Now it's just like you, I'm sure. If you can ride a bicycle, you remember some of those times your attempts by yourself maybe you were being assisted but eventually by yourself you were trying to learn how to ride a bike now what was what what happened when you started riding it what did you look at you looked down at the handlebars you looked at your hands you were wobbling were you not you weren't sure of yourself were you but what happened after a while you started, you stopped looking at yourself and you started looking up the street. And as you begin to pedal, you had control now. You took your eyes off of yourself and you began to look up the road. Well, that's the same thing concerning Jesus. When you take your eyes off yourself, oh, I feel this way. Oh, I feel that way. Oh, they did this to me. Oh, they did that to me. That's, see, that's all self. As soon as you take your eyes off of that and put it on the Lord, guess what? Everything will begin to run well. See, when you began to look down the road to where you were going, 
as Paul said, look at those things that are behind, I mean, that are before, guess what? You stopped falling then, didn't you? You wasn't shaking no more, because boys, sure as you were looking at those hands, you were shaking. But as soon as you forgot about that and started looking before, you moved on down the road. See, if you want to ride straight, in other words, if you want your life to stay straight, you always need to keep it looking down the road, not looking at what's right in front of you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. You know what? That's a simple illustration. But if you think about that, if you take that and you get into a situation, you say, wait a minute. I'm in this one. I'm, I'm starting to get distressed about this. I need to quit looking at the handlebars. I need to look down the road. <laughs> Amen. And the Lord will take you out. He will. He will deliver you as soon as you give it over to him. Okay. So we're to look ahead. See, our failures come from introspection and it causes a lot of untold damage because there's a lot of self-examination that goes on with it. And self-examination can retard your progress. I have to watch that even myself. You know, I can be going through some things and I say, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. What do you got to do with this in the first place? You keep looking up the road. Jesus is the author and the finisher. This is his church, this is not yours. See, I have to remind myself of that. Because <laughs> I can look at myself and say, well, woe is me. Ah, look at all the trouble. He said, uh-uh. He said, except I build the house, you laboring in vain trying to build it. So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to get good. I'm going to keep my eyes down the road. Matter of fact, I'm going to get so good, I'm going to take my hands off. <laughs> I can tell, I can ride with my hands off the handlebars, okay? See, I'm going to trust you and what you said. See, I'm going to trust your word. That's what I'm to have faith in. Not what I think, but what your word says. Your word says that if I'm faithful, hmm, you'll do whatever I ask. You said whatsoever I ask in prayer believing, I'm going to receive it. So I've got to have faith in that. I can't look at my situation or myself and say, well, oh, it's just not happening. That's the same thing with any of you in any situation in your life. You've got to trust the Lord. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 4 and 4. Hallelujah. Glory to you, Lord. Let's look at the word here. The word is rich. Look what the Lord, look what the word says. For I know nothing by myself. Isn't that something? Ooh, we. <laughs> that's, 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 as, as, as some folks will say, that's deep. I don't know anything by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified? I'm justified. Had nothing to do with anything that I knew. Amen. 
but he that judges me is the Lord. In other words, he's telling, when you look at yourself, you don't know anything by yourself. If you know anything, you turn know it by the Lord. Amen? He says, you shouldn't be conscious of any of your faults. Because when you get conscious of your faults, that's when you begin to stumble. Amen? Amen. Verse 5, look it. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. <laughs> now, it's not talking about waiting on him by and by. That's talking about his word. Don't judge anything before he shows you in the word. So in other words, if you see something and you have doubt about it, he says, don't start judging it in yourself. Look unto me, the author and the finisher, until I come, until I show it to you. Who, 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 look what he does. Who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. See, he'll bring it to light. You can't bring it to light. He brings it to light. And he says, and he'll make manifest the counsel of the hearts. And then every man have praise of God. See, it's when we get focused in on the source of everything. It's not in us. It's in him. Look at verse 6. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos, for your sakes, that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written. <laughs> that no one of you be puffed up for one against another. Now listen what he said. Read, look, examine that carefully. Paul said, now, I turn to the Lord who brings the light. Okay? He brings things that are hidden out of the darkness so that I can understand them. I don't, I can't do that myself. Only the Lord can do that. Only the Holy Spirit reveals. He takes the, the he said he'll take of mine. Jesus said he'll take of mine and show it to you. But when you're busy trying to get the resolution within yourself, you'll never see it because you're trying to draw your source as darkness. Amen? He said, now he transferred this. I have in a figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sakes. In other words, the Lord gave to him something and he gave it also to Apollos when he laid hands on it. Because see, Apollos didn't always know the word. He didn't know the Holy Ghost. He didn't know the Holy Ghost personally. Remember, uh, I think it was Priscilla and Aquila when they first met Apollos. They said, you, you, you know, you preach well. You, you, you know the word pretty well, but you don't know the Holy Ghost. That was his problem. They said, now we got to show you. And so Paul, too, went on to show Apollos. Apollos was great in what he did, but he didn't know yet the Holy Ghost. So here pa Paul is transferring something to Apollos for the sake of the people so that they can receive it too, so that you can see it too. Amen? 
And he says that you may learn not to think of men above that which is written. Isn't that something? How do you think of men? You know what men do? I'll show you a difference in religion and the word. In religion, there's always men that want to pat each other on the back. They, they esteem each other. But what did the word just say? What did the word just say? Hmm? Did not the word say that you have to learn not to think of men above that which is written? When you start reading what's written about a man, what does God tell you about a man? There's none righteous, no, not one. He tells you, you know what the Lord begins to tell you all throughout the book of Romans is how corrupt we are. He says, that's what you have to know. See, that's the knowledge that you have to have about yourself. Is that we're in the flesh. We are all corrupt. That's what he wants us to know. But Jesus isn't. That's where he wants us to get our focus on. He says, now, when you learn not to think of men above that which is written, he said, then you won't be puffed up one against another. You'll say, okay, guess what? If he's a fool, I'm one too. I'm just one step behind him. <laughs> if he's not right, I'm not right. Because I know that there's no good thing in the flesh. When I begin to know and understand the nature of the flesh and how God regards the flesh, the, the natural man and, and his condition, that he has no use for him under any circumstance, then I realize you and myself in the flesh, we're in the same boat. There's no exception. Does not matter your position or title. If it, all I have to do is say, let's refer to the book. And the book will tell me just what your condition is. Okay? Now, one thing that Paul understood was that when the light of the Lord shines, he's, you're able to discern what's right and what's wrong. When the light shines in, See, you can't figure out what's, you can, you can see some glimpses of right and wrong, but only when the light shines in will you know what's right and wrong. The light is the word of God. See, we're in darkness unless the light shines within us. And that's what Paul was talking about here. When the hidden things, he's going to bring to light the hidden things of darkness and make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then every man shall have praise of God. See, only light makes apparent to you what's in your heart. The word of God. Jeremiah already told us, your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. He said, who can know it? You can't even know it. You cannot even know it. You can call yourself knowing it, but you will not know it. Your heart can hide itself from itself. That's the nature of the heart. 
it's so strong. You'll have those weaknesses and those infirmities and those ways about you and they will be hidden away from you. They'll be right there apparent to everybody else and they'll be hidden away from you and your heart will hide them away from you and you'll be up jumping, shouting, talking about hallelujah, I'm okay, I'm okay, I know I'm all right and you know what? You, you don't even know what the condition of your heart is. The, only the Lord shining his light in you can show you. That's what Paul's talking about in verse five. Until the Lord comes. See, when he comes, he shines light. If you don't let him in, you can't see. If he's not on the throne, you will not get any light. Now, see, it's when we consider ourselves over and over again that we're sure to be defeated. In other words, when we look at ourselves over and over and over again, you're in trouble now. You're in big trouble. If you come and you hear the word, well, I'm going to go home and I'm going to examine myself. You're not going to get the results. I'm going to show you shortly here how you get the results that you need. See, as we think on our own little personal virtues that we have, guess what we do? We grow proud within ourselves. Amen? You have to be real careful of this. Especially the folks in the church. Amen? You grow proud. You esteem yourself more highly than other people. That's what Paul just said, that you won't be puffed up against one another. You've got to know what the Lord says. The minute you start thinking of yourself better than somebody else, you in serious trouble. You in serious trouble. I'm not talking about the real big, the big, not the real big bu bubbling over situations where people are just arrogant with it. Oh no, 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 no. I'm talking about those with the little subtle hints of it. See, those little hidden things that are hidden in their hearts. Those are the ones I'm talking about. Those are the ones who are most dangerous. See, those, the, those are the bubbling over. You know what they are because they show you. See, but it's the ones that have it hidden. And you may not easily observe it. That's what the Lord wants you to understand. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. And verse 3. Hallelujah. Paul, Paul always tells, I'm going to tell you, like I said years ago, I, I can just remember that, that uh, Romans chapter 7 when I first started reading it and, and, and the light started shining in on me. I didn't know a thing. I'm talking about way back. When I used to just, you know, stop through the church and every now and then I'd sit down and I'd read the Bible some. And then things would be opened up. I'm talking about, ooh, I'm talking about 20-something years ago or more, 30 years almost. But let's look at what Paul says. He said, for I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. That's everybody in here. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, we can often, we can preach that scripture a whole lot of different ways. But when Paul said what he said here, 
He's, when God has dealt to every man the measure of faith, in other words, you have just enough faith to turn to the Lord, to turn to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. I'm not to because I've, I'm, 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 I'm proud because I've been illuminated because I've received revelation from the Holy Spirit. Well, you can receive it too. I'm not to think of myself more highly because I have and you haven't. Because God, he's reminding me, remember, I have dealt to every man the measure of faith. They have what you've got. Theirs may not necessarily be as more highly experienced as yours, but they have the same things that you have. Because I gave it to them. You didn't give it to them. <laughs> Amen? So we're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. Now, one of the things that happens to us is when we see our faults, guess what happens? When you really examine yourself and you see your faults, you'll be downcast. You will. You'll be downcast in yourself. You will. You'll be depressed beyond measure. When you sit down, if you take time, you go and you say, I'm just going to examine myself. I'm going to look at myself. Boy, when you start seeing your faults, you know, it's just like sometimes you have to be, you have to be careful with some of these songs we sing. <laughs> Amen? Amen? You know, that's gospel songs say, when I look back over my life and I think things over, now, he, that's talking, that's referring to Jesus. But see, some people take it and look back into their old natural life. When you look back into your life and think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed. I got a testimony. Yeah, you better stop it right there at the testimony and start moving forward. Because if you go back before then, you in trouble. Because now you're getting ready to step over to the, oh, wait a minute, oh my goodness. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh my goodness, oh, I did that? I was living like that? Ooh, I treated people like that? I said those kind of things? And then you begin to contrast it with what the Lord has done for you. When you start looking at yourself, you, you get, Lord, how can you deliver me? How can you save me? I'm not even worthy. So that's why you have to be careful of it. Because see, your heart can play games with you. It'll play games with you and trick you into feelings that you shouldn't really have because you have overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of his testimony. See, so that's, that's as far back as you need to go. It's right to him, to Jesus. Amen? Now, what knowledge does, the knowledge of self, which comes by God's enlightenment, in other words, by the word, amen, it doesn't produce that kind of negative effect. It doesn't produce adverse effect. You all can just think now, think of all the scriptures, of how the Lord speaks about you, about how he loves you, and how he's merciful he is to you. See, that doesn't make you depressed, does it? 
No, it fills you with joy. It makes you realize, oh, Lord, I thank you that you love me first. Oh, because when I look at myself, I, I don't know what I would do. But I thank you because you love me before I even knew to love myself. Amen? Now, by all the things that I've talked about up to this point in time, does not mean to suggest that we, we continue to go on and just live casually or callously because, you know, we, we realize that uh, we got certain limitations within ourselves. But we are to inquire into the things that are right and wrong, but by the word of God. That's where the inquiry is made. When we inquire within ourselves, it's concerning the word. See, we have to inquire about our pureness or impureness as it relates to God by the word. Now, don't start trying to use your own standards because you're going to get yourself depressed. Amen. <clears throat> and what we have to gain out of all that is that the Bible doesn't any place tell us to be introspective for us to do self-analysis. In other words, we're not to do that. It's dangerous to do it. Amen. Let's look at, at, at John 16, 8. John, Gospel of John, chapter 16 and verse 8. Now look at what the word says. And when he is come, <laughs> when Christ is there for you, it's not talking about him coming in the future. He's talking about coming right now. And when he is come, now notice what he's going to do. What does your Bible say? He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So guess what? You don't have to do anything, do you? He just covered everything right there. He says, when he comes, is Christ in you? Amen. You know, better know that he is. So when he has, he's already come and he's reproved the world of sin. He's reproved you for sin. Amen. And of righteousness and of judgment. So there's nothing left for you to judge about yourself. Amen. Nothing. So what the Bible is teaching us is that we're to seek after holiness through introspection. That's what we're to look for. See, we're to look for the Lord. We're to look for his holiness when we look in us. In other words, we're to look to, towards the word. He's the author and the finisher. When you start looking in, don't start looking itself. Look for Jesus. See, the Bible doesn't teach us. It doesn't dissuade us from pursuing after holiness. It says, yeah, we have to know him. We have to know that he is our holiness. See, the word opposes the idea of attaining self-knowledge. It really does. He says you're not to do it through introspection, okay? But the purpose of it is for self-knowledge by the word. If you don't know the word, 
you won't know yourself. If you don't know the word, you won't know yourself because that's where you're going to get the understanding from. Now, we talked about this on Friday. If you look into yourself and you study an issue or you study a problem or whatever you want to analyze, you never come up with the right answer. You never do. You can study and study yourself and study yourself introspectively and you'll never come up with the right answer. Never. Turn to the word, though, and see what it does. Okay? Now, man's error is in considering his, 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 his self-examination and his self-knowledge as being inseparable. We think that they're one and the same. Okay? Self-examination and self-knowledge, they're two different things. We think that they're one. So when we examine ourselves, we get the knowledge about ourselves that we expect to get. That's not what you're getting. They're two different things. And after you do that, guess what you do? You conclude that when you reject your self-examination, okay, that you're rejecting your self-knowledge. In other words, you'll say, well, I've analyzed myself. I don't agree with that, so I reject that. That's not about me. You'll do that. Because guess what? You want to feel good about yourself. You're not going to sit around feeling evil about yourself. See, there's other spirits that are going to do that. See, there's an accuser that's going to accuse you and make you look towards that. See, we're to know that self-knowledge is necessary, but it should come by introspection. It should not come by introspection. It should come by the word of God. Now I'm getting ready to show you. See, a Christian's method has to change. In other words, you got to change the way you do things, the way you try to figure things out. When you try to do it introspectively, well, I've been trying to figure this out and I can't see it. And you get all wound up and emotional about what you've tried to figure out. And don't let anybody else figure it out for you either. Amen. Now, let's look at what the, what the word directs us to do. Go to Psalms 26 and verse 2. Well, I tell you, this, 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 is good, this is a good lesson here. Amen. Psalm 26 and verse 2. Look at the first statement that is made there. Twenty-six two. You, you, you all read that. What does it say? Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. He didn't say for you to do anything, did he? You call on who? The Lord. <laughs> Isn't that something? Examine me, O Lord. You don't need to examine yourself. Ask him. But see, if you don't know him, you won't ask him. That's the problem. If your relationship with him is not close enough, you won't ask him. You won't ask. It's just like when you meet a stranger. You won't, you won't ask a stranger questions that you ask a close friend or a husband or a wife, will you? You won't walk up to a stranger and just arbitrarily ask him a question. They're going to say, what, what, 
what are you, who are you? Why are you asking me that question? Well, see, if you don't know the Lord, you won't ask him either. See, that's, see, you have to understand, if you understand you won't do it naturally, then you won't do it spiritually. If you're not inclined to do it in the natural, you certainly won't do it in the spirit. Now, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. See, he does the work. He does it. See, far too many of us have been working, trying to work, figure it out ourselves, trying to do it ourselves. Well, I don't understand why. <laughs> Examine me, O Lord. Prove me. Try my reins. Go to Psalm 139. 139, 23. See, we, wanna, see we, we need to find a way out to all the things, we, the dilemmas we get ourselves into. 139, verse 23. Hallelujah. 139, look what the word of God says. See, this is why you have to rely on faith in his word. What does he say? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Boy, that's it. Boy, that, that beat psychology 101 every day of the week. <laughs> Matter of fact, it beat 401. <laughs> It, it, it even beat the, 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 the grad classes. He said, search me, O God. Know my heart. See, when he knows your heart, when he tries your heart and your thoughts, then you can begin to know something yourself. Amen. Look at verse 24. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever asked the Lord that? Hmm? Have you ever asked him that or did you get mad in your situation, your circumstances, you wanted to fight, you wanted to argue, you wanted to put your, even put your own self down. You never came to the word and searched it out and said, search me, oh God. Lord, I, God, I just want you to search me right now. Know my heart, try me. Know my thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. I know I say the problem is with somebody else, but Lord, I want to know if the wicked way is in me. We don't ask that, do we? Because guess what? You think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You always think that you're okay. Okay? There was some one of them psychologists or something that book, wrote a book, I'm okay, you're okay. Yeah, you keep thinking that. You better go to the word and find out whether you're okay. You better ask the Lord whether you're okay. Amen? See, that, th those three scriptures alone, that's the right way to self-knowledge. Oh, Lord, examine me, oh, Lord. Search me, oh, Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me, Lord. See, that's the way to self-examination. You don't go sit up by yourself in your closet trying to examine yourself. You ask the Lord. So if we desire to know our heart and our mind, that's what he just spoke about, didn't he? To know our thoughts and whether there's any wicked way in us, we shouldn't spend our time in examining ourselves and how we feel about ourselves, should we? Our self-examination comes not from our self-examination, but by God examining us. Do you see it? See, I showed it to you in the word. See, I'm not responsible for you no more. 
Not in that area. I gave you three scriptures. That's enough. Amen. You can run with that. Boy, you could begin to research the rest of them. Well, Lord, let me find out what else you got to say about me. Where else do you tell me to examine me? Where else do you tell me to search? Search me, oh God. Do you see? That's the steps you have to take. See, you can't say, well, I didn't know. All you need is a couple little examples. Now, all you got to do is say, find every place in the Bible where it says, examine me, O Lord, or anything close to it, and he'll give you the answer to your self-knowledge that you need to have. See, we have to ask God to inform us. We have to ask God to inform us of this kind of knowledge. See, this is the kind of knowledge that comes from God. It doesn't come from school. It doesn't come from other people. It comes from God. Amen? So when God grants us, okay, the eyes to see, in other words, he gives us the revelation to see it, guess what? Then we won't be deceived. But when you read this, can't nobody come and tell you nothing about how to, how to ask for what you need, how to do self uh, 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 how to get self-knowledge you got three scriptures there now you know how ask God ask God prove me try me try my heart know my heart try my thoughts see then you begin to understand then we'll understand guess what when you ask him he'll show it to you He'll show you the real condition of your heart. Not what you think, but what his word says. Amen? God makes, well, I'll say this, no, God's knowledge of us, amen, alone is beyond a mistake. He can't make a mistake. His knowledge of us is beyond a mistake. So when you want to know about yourself, Asking. One thirty nine. Look at verse uh, uh, twenty one. Let me just show it to you. What he said: Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee? <laughs> See, people who don't know him, they don't even know that they've risen up against God. They don't even know when they're rising up against him. Look at verse 22. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Then he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there's any wicked way in me. Boy, I tell you, God is awesome, isn't he? Woo, Lord. Check us out today, Lord. Now, generally, we consider ourselves to be pretty good, don't we? But does God see it that way? I said, you see yourself as being pretty good, but does God see you that way? See, only you know them secret things about yourself. <laughs> see, only you know. You can tell me, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But how does God feel about you? Hmm? So we shouldn't reckon ourselves to be good or bad is really what we shouldn't do. Not according to how we feel. You should never judge yourself according to how you feel. Boy, you get up in one of them slump 
mornings, don't start judging yourself about how you feel. You better go turn immediately to this word. Matter of fact, write, write them scriptures down and put them in the front of your Bible. And keep it with you so when that morning comes up, you can go right to those three scriptures. And you can read them to yourself over and over and over and pray them and ask God to do that for you. And see if he won't straighten your day out. See if he won't do it. Because see, if you reckon yourself to be good or bad according to how you feel, guess what? That kind of knowledge is inaccurate. Because it's tied up in all kinds of things. Boy, you don't know what's come up. from. You might have had something from your childhood past that's got you stirred up. You don't know the deceitfulness of your heart. You haven't forgot some things from your childhood and they still show up. As a matter of fact, they show up in the way you act now as an adult. And you don't even know it. That's why the word says your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. You can't even know it. Somebody do something to you, you start acting like you did when you were 10 years old and you don't even know it. Until you, if, you, if your mother is still alive or your daddy's still alive, they're right. You need to quit acting like a child. Oh, then you get, then you, you want to poke your, poke your mouth out then. But those are the things you need to understand. You can be in that kind of situation when you try to know yourself in the wrong way. You don't acknowledge yourself according to how you feel. Okay, because that's in, inaccurate. See, only God can tell you whether you're good or bad. See, only God doesn't want us to be introspective. He doesn't want us to be introspective. Not because he denies us self-knowledge, okay? He doesn't, or he's not saying he wants to allow us to be careless in the things that we do. But because he knows that we will never know ourselves through introspection. The only way we'll know him is by, I just gave you three psalms. That's a step. That's one step right there. I could, I could spend all the rest of the day and I could dig out every nugget that God says concerning us and what we ought to know. We have to understand what he considers as wrong, we may consider as good. Do you realize that? You might consider something as being good and God considers it wrong. This is where we make a whole bunch of mistakes. Ooh, I'm telling you, church folks do this. You can't tell me because you know, I know how good I, I know how I treated them. I know what I did for them. But what did God think about it? You don't even know. Okay. Sometimes, you know what, what God considers unclean, you, you, you'll consider it as being negligible. In other words, yeah, there ain't no, ain't no problem with that. But God sees it as being unclean. You just easily dismiss it. Isaiah 55 and 8. Hallelujah. We ain't got too long here today. Amen. I want to get this because this is good. Amen. See, we got to know. See, you got to walk away from here with something. Amen. Other than a hoop and a holler. Isaiah 55 and 8, look what, the, look what God tells us. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. See, he's written it, but you know what? People will think that what they think is what God thinks. 
<laughs> they do. Well, I know my thoughts are holy. I know my thoughts are righteous. I know I do good. I know how I treat people. I know you know all those things about yourself, but do you know how he, what he says about you? He said there's no good thing in you. He said your carnal mind is enmity against me. That's why he said my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Didn't say save Reverend Baker. It said saith the Lord. <laughs> he said it. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 7. Let me show you what David did. Hallelujah. 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 18. 2 Samuel 7, 18. Hallelujah. Boy, God's word is so good. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. Here you go. Amen. I'm going to look at your chance to get there. Then went in King David. Now this is a king. This, this ain't folks who just work around working different jobs. This is the king. He went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? What did David say? Who am I? David didn't even know who he was. He knew he was a mess. Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou has brought me hitherto? Huh? Lord, who am I? Who am I? What is this is your house that you brought me to? What am what I going to get all bent up out of shape about what you doing? Amen? This is, this is David now. Look what he said. And this was yet a small thing in the sight in thy sight, O Lord God. <laughs> Isn't that something? One well, I'm going to get bent out of shape. Lord said, what are you talking about? This is a small thing. You ain't going through nothing. This is a small thing. Amen? But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. See, you've already given me the word concerning your house. Your house that's to come. And is this the manner of man? O oh Lord God, and what can David say more unto thee? Hmm? For thou, Lord, knowest thy servant. Amen? See, you don't need me saying anything. He knows me. I'm his servant. He, this is his house. He knows me. What am I got to say to him? Other than examine me, Lord. Examine me, oh Lord God. Try my heart. Try my reins. Amen? Verse 21 said, For the, thy word's sake, and according to thy own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them. Boy, that's, oh, that's so wonderful. That's what he's done for us. That's what he's done for me. He said, for his word's sake. See, it's because of his word that I'm here. Amen? And according to his heart, he takes me through what he sees that I need to go through. It's for his heart. 
Amen? He said that thou has done all these great things because he's done great things. Amen? He's done great things for us. Amen? I was just sitting back and I was thinking about it. I said, we're coming up on year number six, right? Amen? Year number six. See, he's the one doing it to make me, his servant, know them. Look at verse 22. Wherefore, thou art great, O God. Thou art great, O Lord. You're the one that's great, for there is none like thee. Because I, I couldn't have done any of this myself. It's because of you. Neither is there any God beside thee. See, he wants to get every one of our own little personal small G.O.D.s out of the way. There is no God beside thee according to all that we have heard with our ears. <laughs> he said he talked about his word. See, that's what's going to make you have the self-knowledge that you need to have. Don't have knowledge about you. Don't look at your failures and your shortcomings. Look to what he said and be patient enough to wait on God. That's what David's talking about. This was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house. You spoke about my house. It's written in here. You spoke about it. You spoke about what you've taken me through. You told me, you got to be patient, boy. You got to go through everything I take you through. Amen. Like you'll sing that song. You ain't seen nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Amen. See, God doesn't have us to follow our own undependable feelings. Amen. We have undependable feelings and we have inaccurate judgments of things. That's why we need to just take our hands off of things. Amen. He'd have us to get the mind of the spirit that we could have judgment as his judgment. So you've got to have the mind of the spirit. That's why he tells you in the word. Now, by what means do we know how God looks at us and what he expects? How can we enter into his thoughts concerning ourselves? Let's look at the word, see what he says. Let's go to Psalms 36 and 9. Won't be long, saints. Hold on. Amen. My pastor would say, don't drop your cup. Amen. I'm going to run it right up to the brim. 36 and 9. Hallelujah. Look what he says now. Now, this is going to be mystery, a mystery to some of you. He says, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Notice he said light there two or three times, didn't he? See, the first light with thee is the fountain of life. That's God's light. The second light, in thy light shall we see light. That shows the condition of a thing. Okay? In God's, God's light points to something being revealed by God. Amen? The second light shows the condition of the thing when he shines the light on it. Amen? For with thee is the fountain of life. Okay? In thy light shall we see light. So when he shines his light, then we can see the condition of ourselves. 
We can look at ourselves and say, oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank you for delivering me. Thank you for keeping me, oh, Lord. Woo! Keep revealing myself to myself. Now, so when we receive this revelation and then we're enlightened by the Holy Spirit, it allows us to know the exact matter of a situation. When him being the fountain of, of life, when he shines his light, we can see light. So we will know what our condition is when he shines his light in us. Without him shining his light in us, you will not know your condition. Last scripture, let's go to Ephesians 5.13. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 13. I'm going to tell you, this is good to me. Amen. You know, we often make mistakes. We, like I said, we look at ourselves, we evaluate ourselves, we try to look at our situation, we try to judge the situation. Lord, say, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? You better, you better go to the, turn to the word and find out what I'm talking about. You better find out what's going on. You ain't going to figure out what's going on. Only the word's going to tell you what's going on. Amen? All right. Ephesians 5 and 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by what? Light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. See, what needs to be manifest. See, if there's reproving that needs to be done, correction that needs to be done, even in me, even in the church, he says it's going to be done by light. Cause, and it can only be done by light. Amen? You're not going to see it any. Whatsoever does make manifest is the light. It's not me. It's the light. He is the light. Not me. So he's making manifest to us right now. Amen? That's our word for today, saints, on the way of self-knowledge or the way to self-knowledge.